What's up, you guys? And we're here on the Five Out Podcast. We'll be talking about all things NBA and some college hoops as well. Uh, but before we get to that, I've got a couple questions I'm going to ask Rob. It's just me and Rob today, by the way. Our other guys could not make it, so it's just us two holding down the court for the boys. Um, but today, um, I got a question for you, Rob. I had a different question, but since it's just us, I'm going to ask this one. What are your top three destination spots that you want to go to at some point in your life across the world? Oh, uh, okay. Countries, not continents, right? Yeah, country. country. All right. Yeah, country. Let's see here. Let's see here. I want to go to Abu Dhabi, bro. Okay. That place looks nice. I know it used to just be desert, but like super modern now. Mm-hmm. All those crazy high 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 sea, high scrape skyscrapers, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Those nice buildings. And then I also want to go to Europe, but the specific country, I think the Netherlands will be nice. Uh, met some friends from Netherlands when I was studying abroad, so it would be nice to go and visit them. Um, my last destination, maybe uh, the Bahamas. Haven't okay. been there. Obviously, I've seen all the rich people go there for vacation and stuff, so... Got to get there one day. Yeah, us, 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 us kids who grew up not rich in Coppell, so all of our rich friends go to, like, the Bahamas and stuff for spring break. <laughs> As we were sitting at home in Coppell, Texas, playing 2K or shooting hoops or something. So, yeah. Um, I would have to say my three. Um, I want to go to Brazil. I think I just want to go to Brazil to watch a soccer game, like a World Cup game or something, if they were playing there. I think that would be pretty dope. Or maybe go for the parade they have. I don't know what it's called, but that whole thing, I want to go for that. Uh, I would say Switzerland. I've only heard good things about Switzerland, so you might as well go. And then I'd either want to go to Japan. Yeah, I think I want to go to Japan. I was going to say somewhere in China, but I think Japan probably wins it. I think it'd be cool to to see that whole area and how, I guess, crazy it is. I don't know. But, like, it, it just looks cool on the internet, so it'd be cool to see it in person. And to drive the Mario Karts on the street, that'd be dope, too. If you've ever seen those, that'd be pretty dope to be able to do that. So those are my three um, destinations. But now we're going to go to some NBA trivia questions. Uh, Brandon, we've had Brandon on the last couple episodes, and he's hit some of these questions. So I'm going to see if you can answer this one. Which team drafted J.R. Smith? New Orleans Pelicans or New Orleans Hornets? Oh, my. I, did, I thought that was going to stump you. Oh, <laughs> I, my. I remember him in that uh, turquoise jersey when he was young. I, I was like, I, he's played on so many teams. I honestly forgot about it. But when I saw it, I was like, this is going to stump Robin for sure. <laughs> An easy, easy win. Um, let me see. Let me Let me ask you another one. All right, go ahead. Um, the Lakers, like, so when they've gone to the finals, you know, they've been to the finals X amount of times. Do they have a, like, or do they have more wins than losses or more losses than wins in the NBA finals? Oh, man. Because I think they've been, like, what, like 30-some-odd times? I'm just going to say losses because I know Jerry West's story of getting to the finals, like, eight times and losing all to the Celtics. Or whatever. Yeah. So I'm going to say they lost more, but that's just a complete guess. You were wrong. They, they're they 17 and 15. In the finals. Gotcha. So, gotcha. So 
very close, but that one was kind of a that one was and then the the uh, Celtics are seventeen and five. Those are the two best when it comes to Celtics uh, are seventeen and five. Seventeen and five in the oh. NBA Finals. Yep. <laughs> so pretty crazy, pretty crazy stats. It's crazy to think that the Lakers have been to the finals thirty two times. I think that makes it maybe more. Honestly, oh. I'm not good at math right now. I mean, it helps when you get all the star players, man. Free agents love going there. Exactly. Um, so today we don't really have – we're going to get into our major topic later. Um, we're recording this on January 26th. If, you know, if you're a basketball fan and you know what that date means, you obviously know what we're going to talk about. But I'll hold that for later. But the first question I'm going to talk about, it's kind of an NFL slash NBA-related question. It's about LeBron. I know you're a LeBron fan, um, and you love him with all your heart. You, you, you hop onto whichever bandwagon or whichever team he is on. Um, but, you know, him and Brady have such similar stats when they've gone to the finals. Not amount of championships won, but they've gone to the finals and whatnot. But everyone in the NFL community respects, loves Brady, treats him at – like he's, he's already been, you know, noted as the GOAT. But LeBron gets so much hate. Why do you think that is? Um – I feel like Brady started out in a uh, good organization, you know, Mm -hmm. New England, respectable, got a great coach. And LeBron, on the other hand, started out on a trash organization, Cleveland, terrible uh, owner at the time, Dan Gilbert. And obviously LeBron had to move on from Cleveland, move to Miami. And I feel like as soon as that happened, a lot of haters came up. And then obviously that's also on top of the fact that LeBron is like one of the only threats to Michael Jordan's greatest of all time legacy type of thing. So there's going to be a bunch of people, older generations that are never going to agree with us, that type of thing. And obviously Tom Brady, on the other hand, he didn't have, I guess, because you can say quarterbacks that are better than him, but at the end of the day, Tom's going to have more rings, more accomplishments, things like that. And in football, whenever you consider a GOAT, there are multiple positions. But in basketball, it's just like one person, that type of thing. Even though Kareem could be a GOAT, but people just say Michael is. So I think that's kind of why. Those are some interesting points for sure. And I I definitely think it's it's tough because, like, LeBron's obviously been really good for so many years. And a lot of us – in the basketball community understand and, and realize that he probably deserves more MVP awards than what he has. Um, and what he did with that stretch from Miami to then Cleveland, where he pretty much went to the finals every year from like 2011 to like 20, I think it was like until 2019 when the Raptors went mm-hmm. um, like that, that was very remarkable what he did, but because he set the bar so high uh, for himself it only he can pass that and it's really tough to do that so um that's why I think and I think he gets I think people just love to hate him and it and it just and I think I I mean I I've learned to respect him I don't hate him anymore like I used to when I was you know younger and and all that but um as I've gotten older I respect him obviously I think he's more skilled than he's ever been right now than you know we'll talk about that here in a second but (laughs) he's painted as a villain almost. And I, I think it all stems back to the, to the, uh, the decision. Yep. Do, you, do you still think he's viewed as like right now as a villain in the NBA? 
Um, well, I think because of the Brooklyn Nets trade, sending Harden to Brooklyn, now they're like the Miami Heat villains that are super powered mm. or whatever. But still, just because LeBron is the only threat to being like the greatest of all time type of thing, I think he is considered a villain because they don't want to see Michael become second best or third best type of mm. thing. And LeBron is very, I guess, outspoken, mm-hmm. social justice or whatever it is. And some people don't like that. They just want him to shut up and dribble. So I'm sure there's a bunch of people on that side of the demographic that also hate LeBron. Maybe they don't even watch basketball, you know, yeah. but they just hate LeBron for that type of thing. Yeah. And that could also be because of social media. Yeah. So, so many more people looking at him, so many more views. Exactly. Who knows? Yeah. And obviously Jordan and them didn't have to deal with that. Now I, I posed this question last week to Josie and Jacob. I want to pose it to you as well. Um, hypothetically speaking here, of course, the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers meet in the finals, say the, say LeBron beats the Brooklyn Nets in X amount of games. He wins his fifth ring. Now you might already think he's the GOAT because you, you, you're, you know, you're a LeBron follower, but that does that, do you think him winning his fifth ring, beating a team like Brooklyn with all the talent they have, do you think that pushes him to either, in some cases having the conversation of is he the goat or pushes him past Jordan? I mean, I don't think he'll ever get past Jordan just because Jordan never lost. Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be people who say Jordan's undefeated in the finals. Yeah. Even though LeBron made it more times. And then it will be a great accomplishment, obviously. But I, I don't think like people will even, even if LeBron gets six rings because mm-hmm. he lost so many they're still going to hold it against them. It doesn't make sense to me, but I think that's what it will be. But I mean, I think it'll always be a debate. I just can't see all the LeBron haters finally admitting to themselves like, oh, I was wrong. I think they're in too deep, you know? (laughs) They can't take their word back. Yeah, exactly. And and it's tough because, you know, obviously watching the uh, Just Dance, or not Last Dance, not Just Dance, not playing the video game, but Last Dance, um, I think it showed to everyone what Jordan really was and LeBron is is that to today's NBA, but um, there's so many other players because of social media that are as big as LeBron because of their social media presence, the just the presence of social media in general. And now you have the you add overseas players because back in the 90s and the 80s they didn't have as many overseas European players, so they didn't have that influence like a Luca who has you know a fraction of the European. Um, on Europeans on his side because he's from there he grew up there he came over and, and now he's very successful in the NBA Jordan was that for all those Europeans and everything nowadays there's so many different players it's it's tough so it'll be very hard for him to pass it I do think he's on the verge of it and I think he's very close but I mean dude's in his 19th season I believe so how much longer is he really going to play who knows but the way he's playing right now he it looks like he can play for another five years at least um I think he just played Cleveland what Sunday night so I and he had they played yesterday they played Monday night okay and then he had 21 points in the fourth quarter um if you're if you're an NBA coach right now or executive how scared are you of LeBron my thing is LeBron I'm only going to be scared of him in the playoffs like I don't like he has nothing to prove to us in the regular season Mm -hmm. like you said he's like 18th 19th year basically an old man now put in perspective 
like we think Mark Gasol is a veteran. LeBron is older than Mark Gasol, mm-hmm. like that type of thing. But somehow, some way, LeBron is still top two, number one, top five players in the world. You know, yeah. And then I think as opponents like Kawhi, Paul George, I don't think they're gonna take too much out of it. I mean, matchups do matter, and you can say this is like a homecoming type thing. Maybe there's a narrative, but I do think. It was interesting how this same Cavs team was able to beat the Brooklyn Nets twice, mm-hmm. but the Lakers come into town and they beat the Cavs. So it does make me wonder what's going to happen, but I don't think too many people are going to be scared of him just because you know LeBron can do this when he wants. It's just a matter of if he wants to. Like, I just think, and for the Heat and the Lakers especially, there's no need to go all out in the regular season. They had short off season, so they can just chill, make it to the playoffs, and then go all out. So that's that's when I get scared of him. But right now, good showing. But next game, he could be terrible. Who knows? I mean, I wouldn't say. Well, we can say he'd be terrible, and he'll still get he'll still get a double yeah, yeah. double. So yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the expectation LeBron has put on himself. Which that's what happens whenever you're in the conversation with Jordan. So it makes sense. I mean, I would be scared of him because it's his 19th season. And like you said, he can, he picks and choose when he wants to do this. And that's scary to me because um, us being ex basketball players, uh, it's really hard to pick and choose whenever you play good. (laughs) So for a human being to be able to do that, I mean, he's, he's as close as it gets to extraterrestrial uh, as I guess we'll see in our lifetime. Um, But then you, you spoke about the Cavs and at the beginning of the year, we would have never talked about the Cavs in this situation uh, one, even being close to beating the Lakers and having LeBron have to do what he did in the fourth quarter to come back and win. But not only that, to then beat a super team, not once, but twice in the same week. That's pretty amazing. Is this Cavs team good? So me personally, I've always thought of the Cavs franchise in general as terrible just because they were nothing until LeBron came. And then when LeBron left, they got like four straight number one picks, still nothing. And then I guess now this season, finally, it looks like they're on a upward trajectory. Uh, I really like the Jared Allen trade. I mean, I don't know why they have so many big men, but like Jared Allen is a great piece, great future. And then obviously Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, great backcourt. They have a lot of youth. And so far, it seems like they got a bunch of dogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think my biggest thing, and I was very confused by the trade of getting Allen, um, I think he's better for the team than Drummond, though, because Allen, Allen fits more of the what you want in a big man. If he's not going to be a shooter, you want a guy who's just excellent on defense and can, and, yeah, and, and long and can rebound and can and put down alley oops. Um, and Drummond is a good rebounder, but he's just not very versatile and very quick. Um, so I don't know how much longer Drummond will be in the league when it comes to like you know actually having a ton of minutes just because he, he, he's really becoming obsolete. You mean Dwight Howard is a better, is still better than Drummond, in my opinion. And Drummond, like, obviously he's not a scorer, but he looks to score. And I yeah. think that's an issue. Like, he takes a lot of shots, and he shouldn't be taking those. But Jared Allen, he's more of, like, a team-oriented guy. He'll set the screens, take the open dunks. If not, he'll pass it out to the shooters. Drummond will force it up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So – interesting to see the, the Cavs do that but it's so far it's worked out and obviously you know we're not going to say oh the Nets need to press the panic button it was like their their second or third game back mm-hmm. of like having all three of their superstars yep. so it's not that big of a deal they need some time to gel 
they'll be just fine. But this Cavs team, I mean, I don't see them upsetting anyone in the playoffs, but if they continue to kind of get better, I could see them being a tough out in the first round. Yeah, I mean, past couple of years, I swear the Orlando Magic have been like the eight seed. So, I mean, Cleveland could easily take that eight seed if they wanted to. But, yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to make it out of the first round. I mean, depends on the matchup, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it seems like they like to play Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> so, for some reason, that would be exciting. But I still take Brooklyn. If I'm a better, I'm taking Brooklyn. So. Well, and this year, you know, with the whole new playoff format, of the t- the tenth seed and the ninth seed potentially getting in. Now, if you're the tenth seed, I believe you have to be the ninth seed twice, and then yeah. you'd have to be the eighth seed three times, uh, or yeah, you have to be the eighth seed like X amount of times. The eighth and seventh seed will play each other for that their seeding. So there's a lot of new playoff format implications. So they might not even have to be the eighth seed overall. They could be the ninth or tenth seed and still find a way to get in the playoffs. But that puts them probably against the Bucks, maybe the Nets in that first round. So not a great matchup, but hey, you know, if they made the playoffs, they made the playoffs. I think the Cavs, I think Cleveland would be ecstatic to have the Browns and the Cavs in the playoffs mm-hmm. in the same year. So a win's a win. Now, and, and they were surprised to me last week, and I want to bring them up again and kind of break down the team a little bit more. This Utah Jazz team, they're 12 and four right now. I mean, they're a good basketball team. I'm not saying they're not, but. I never expected them to be a top – I think they're top three right now in the West, if not top three, top four. What makes them a good basketball team, and why are they 12-4? and four? Um, I know, like, they're on, like, an eight-game streak right now or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I feel like every year they're just this under-the-radar generic team. I want The Nuggets used to be in that category, too, before, mm-hmm. like, they blew up in the bubble last year. So, yeah, I put Utah as that generic team that nobody's really afraid of, and I think that's what gives them, like, that extra juice, I guess. Mm-hmm. They're well-coached. They have a star, or I guess they have two stars in Gobert. He's a multiple-time defensive player of the year. Obviously, Gobert can't score on his own, but mm-hmm. he does his role. Donovan Mitchell, star, up and coming. He'll probably get even better as time goes on. But they have a lot of good role players that they know their role. They don't try to do too much. Jordan Clarkson off the bench, six-man-of-the-year candidate. Mm-hmm. And they even have Joe Ingles off the bench, who used to be a former starter. So they got depth, pass the ball a lot, don't do too much isolation. And they, got, they picked up Derek Favors, reunite with the Jazz. So mm-hmm. they have a lot of backups that can play. And I guess Quinn Snyder knows what he's doing. I don't know what else to say. Quinn Snyder is a good coach, and he's always been a coach that um, needs – sorry, those are my dogs – um, but he he's always been a coach that, you know, because he's middle tier, he's not going to be known for coach of the year, but he's just a really good coach. And um, I mean, yeah, I think the addition of Brogdon, uh, I think last year helped them. I think they struggled a little bit last year because Mike Conley was hurt and was brand new to this team. I think him being there for a year now um, makes this team better. And I think Clarkson will probably win the sixth man of the year if he continues to play the way he's playing because he is – He's a really good basketball player, and I think they won that trade with the Cavs a year ago. But I think it all starts and, and, and it finishes with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, they they go by Donovan and, and kind of go Burt on the defensive end, but really Donovan's at the, that player that's going to lead them. And a surprise name that I probably never thought would be someone who's a contributor, but Royce O'Neal. Um, now, I'm not saying he's done great things, but Royce O'Neal is just a solid guard three and d type of guy for this team and 
I mean, you said it best. They do the they they do their role and they try. To, they don't do anything more, and it, it it wins basketball games. Now, are they going to be a team that competes for the championship in the year? Probably not. But they're going to be a team that's going to be tough to beat. So, you know, they can hang their hat on that and move on, I guess. But yeah, last year they they were up three one on the Nuggets. Yeah, so they easily could have went on, but they ended up choking. So they're capable. Exactly. And they have awesome uniforms. So, I mean, that's always a plus in today's NBA. Um, But let's go ahead and move on kind of to the sad stuff, I guess. Um, You know, I mentioned the day earlier. This is a year ago today is when Kobe Bryant passed away in the helicopter crash. I mean, I know we talked about how Robin's favorite player is LeBron. My favorite player is Kobe. I'm wearing a Kobe shirt right now. Uh, I'm student teaching it was superhero day, so I thought no, no better to put Kobe on my shirt um, because he he was my superhero growing up. So, Robin, I want to ask you, you know, a year ago today, you heard the news and everything like that. What were you doing, and kind of what do you remember about this day a year ago? Well, I remember this vividly because I had a friend, Cameron Meyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going to study abroad, so uh, it was like the day before he left to go to Italy. So me and him went to go eat some Korean barbecue with another one of our friends. And I was driving on the way. Obviously, I wasn't on my phone while I was driving. So whenever I got there, checked my phone, and then I got a text from him saying that Kobe had just passed. I was like, what? So I walk into the restaurant, hop on Twitter. News is everywhere. But like (laughs) nothing was official yet at that point. So my mind's just going crazy. Like, this can't be real. Who would make up this rumor? And then, like, obviously, I think TMZ was the first one to break it. And then the reports were all messed up, saying, like, the whole family was on the helicopter or something like that. So I was just worried that that was true, because if it was the whole family, just the lineage would end right there. Mm -hmm. But we got lucky that only it was him and Gigi. Rest in peace. But, yeah, I mean, I still remember that day. I was about to go eat some Korean barbecue. It just put the whole mood down, you know. It was supposed to be a good time. But now we all got together and we were basically just depressed. Like, how did this happen? Like, why? Why today? Why him? You know, Mm -hmm. it was insane. Yeah. And I mean, I think everyone was shook by the news. Um, I I was actually, I was at uh, Hendrix, my old university. And uh, I'd just gone and watched my buddy Jacob Link play basketball and whatnot. And I was driving home. um, And I, I was not on my phone either because I was driving. And uh, I got a call from my mom and my mom was like, hey, did you hear the news? I was like, no, mom, I'm driving, you know? And she's like, she's like, Kobe, Kobe Bryant passed me. He's, he's announced dead. And I was like, I was like, no way. And I mean, like the rest of the drive, just like, it, it was, it was the longest drive I've ever been on. I wasn't able to really be on my phone to see everything going on. Uh, my girlfriend, she was kind of keeping me up to date whenever her service was working because we had Sprint, terrible service. But um so yeah, I mean, and and obviously I I've had people pass away in my family, uh, had friends you know tragically pass away, but I've never been affected by someone's death like Kobe's. And you and I and most of the world have never actually talked to him, you know, been in person with him or anything like that. So for something like that to happen, obviously very tragic. Um, you know, obviously like Robin said, rest in peace to both Gigi and himself and. Uh, I don't know if you did you see Paul Gasol's his uh his Twitter post today like yeah. it, it's just such heartfelt that like he's able to do that and they named 
they well they gave his daughter his uh Gigi's middle name or Gigi's name as her middle name so um super super touched by that I, I mean again I'm not even I I am not a crier Robin but that first game that the Lakers played I I, I teared up like for pretty much the whole game so oh man just tragic I'm pretty sure it was like the day after uh he like tweeted at LeBron saying like uh because he passed him in the scoring list or whatever mm-hmm. and he was like move the game forward. Yep. And then the next day he's gone. And it's yeah. just so chilling. Like, yeah. How could that be? Why do we live in this reality? Yeah, it it, it definitely was tough for a while. Um, and obviously, you know, the years will go on and 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 it's crazy to think, and I'm not I'm not comparing this at all, so do not shoot me, but the uh in almost to our generation, this is not like it, but very close to the 9-11, as in we'll always remember where we were, what we were doing when we heard the news of Kobe Bryant. That's how big he was. Again, I'm not saying it's anything like 9-11. I'm just saying to those people who experienced 9-11, they remembered those moments, what you were doing exactly. That's how people like us who love Kobe and just love basketball in general, like that's what, that's how much he's meant to the game. So that's kind of that whole thing. So, you know, unfortunately that did happen, but um, obviously he left a great legacy behind um, and his family, you know, is probably having a, probably had a tough day on Tuesday, but hopefully they've gotten all the love they can from all of Kobe's ex friends, teammates, colleagues, everything. But let's move on to some happy thoughts about Kobe because obviously he left us with a lot of great things in our, in our lives when it comes to basketball, but, off the court as well. So I want to ask you, what are your favorite moments of Kobe Bryant? And they can obviously be on or off the court. Favorite moments. Um, the first one that comes to mind is probably his retirement game, 60 points. <laughs> obviously, you knew, you knew what was going to happen even before the game. He was just going to put up as many shots as he could. It was his last game, you know, go out with a bang. Mm-hmm. So that was fun to watch. Uh, another one was whenever uh, he beat – the Celtics in the finals, hmm. that was great because uh, the Celtics were like the first big three whenever uh, Ray Allen, KG, Paul Pierce teamed up. They had Rondo, and it was nice to see Kobe beat them. The other one, oh, can't ever forget this, Drew. Orlando Magic versus mm-hmm. Los Angeles Lakers. Matt Barnes, pass fake right in Kobe's face, didn't even move an inch. Yeah. No flinch at all. He's just a different person, man. He's an animal. He's he, an animal. Really, he really is. He he is, again, like we talked about LeBron, he's the closest thing to an extraterrestrial being that we'll see in our lifetime, even though, you know, FBI or CIA is coming out, releasing all the UFO information. But, um, yeah, I, my favorite moments. So I had, the, I had the opportunity to go see a Laker game. You know, I was not a Lakers fan, but I'm a Kobe fan, just kind of like you are with, with LeBron. But fortunately for me, I got to be a Laker fan for as long as Kobe was there because he didn't leave. Um, But I was fortunate to go to a game and being, I was able to be like one of the first people in line to go into the stadium. I got the opportunity to actually go on the floor, high five the Lakers. Now this is the Lakers when they were with Bynum, Gasol, Fisher. Oh, so it was a long time ago. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the, like either like the late, like 2007, 2008, 2009, like right when they were about to win the championships or early 2010s. I don't remember the exact date. I was, I was not, you know, all there when it came to memory and stuff, but like right when they were getting good, 
uh, it was like a younger Bynum. So it was maybe like later 2000s, probably like 2006, 2007. So I got to go on high five the Lakers. Um, and like back then, so Derek Fisher, who's I think like 6'1", 6'2", I thought he was just ginormous. And now I'm 6'1", 6'2". And I was like, oh my gosh. But, you know, Bynum's like freaking knee brace, like took off my arm whenever I fived him. But that was just cool to, to go to the Staples Center and obviously watch my favorite player play. Um, I loved his shot against D Wade. I love always watching oh, it. The, the buzzer. bank. Yeah, the bank. Yep. Um, and I mean, just, just pretty much anytime you see Kobe's picture. I mean, the one I have, I think is after he beat, I think it's after he beat the magic, the one I'm wearing where he's doing this on the, and he's like yelling out or whatever. Um, you know, that, that one was like almost all pictures of Kobe are great. You know, all the faces he makes, like he's an intense competitor. I love his shoes. They're, they're awesome. So so. I bought most of my basketball shoes are Kobe's. Yeah. Very good shoes. Now I, I will say I did not wear Kobe's, but that's because I had ankle problems. So and they they were always low tops, and I could not wear low tops because I would kill my ankles. So I had to wear different shoes, but they were always nice, and I enjoyed watching. So, I mean, if there's if Kobe's name isn't mentioned in anything, like I probably enjoyed watching it, uh, or at least being a part of it because he was my favorite player. So um, now, anytime I get a new two K game, the first thing I do is I play with the Lakers and I drop a hundred and you know whatever points with Kobe Bryant because um, he's just my favorite player of all time. So. You know, obviously a lot of happy things are with Kobe. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but he'll always be with us because he is a legend um, and he'll never be forgotten. So, but with that, we're going to take a quick ad timeout. We're going to hear from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. When we come back, Rob and I will be talking about some college hoops and we are back talking college basketball now. Um, Again, not a ton of college basketball we're going to be talking about until closer to March, just because that kind of time... But uh, we got some got some good things to talk about today. Um, unfortunately, Kansas is on a three-game skid here. Uh, they, they were looking like a pretty good team at the start of the year, beat some competitive teams, lost some competitive games. But um, they've lost three in a row now. Now, I mean, all three teams are teams that are re- are pretty good. Uh, Oklahoma State, who the only reason why I think they're not ranked is because they are potential banned from the tournament. So they're not going to be ranked all year, but they're, they have the best prospect in Cade Cunningham. They lost to Baylor, who's been very good all year long. And then they just lost to Oklahoma, who looks like they're on the up and coming. And as we just, me and Rob were just talking about, they got a Denton Geyer guy. So shout out Dallas talent again. Dallas trumps all other cities. Um, but are you are you nervous? Is this does this three game skid kind of scare you with Kansas? Uh, we should have, we should bring in Luke Heaton for this one, but uh, I I mean I'm not too worried just because I mean Bill Self he's probably been here before so much experience I'm sure he'll get his rally his troops again and get him going, but yeah I mean never want to go on a three game losing streak your whole team's morale just goes down you know, um I, I think they'll be fine though because like. The teams they lost to, Baylor, I mean, they should have lost to Baylor, honestly. Baylor's number one, number two team, debatably. They're number two ranked, but you can say they're better than Gonzaga, yada, 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 to debate. Um, Oklahoma, I think they should have won that game. And, I mean, I guess it's okay because they played earlier and they did beat them, so they split the season series 1-1. Oklahoma State, I also think they should have won that game, but I guess just because they have a good player in Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has a lot of Dallas kids, so – Got to represent. And uh, 
I guess I don't know, man. Like it seems like Kansas doesn't have that uh number one prospect anymore, a Joel Embiid, Morris Twins, Andrew Wiggins. I don't know if they have one of those guys this year. So I think they're gonna have to figure out like more team-oriented play rather than giving it to a star and letting him go crazy. Yeah, for sure. And their schedule is is no cakewalk because they do play in the Big Ten or Big Twelve, excuse me, in oh. basketball. So they still have West Virginia left on their schedule, Oklahoma State again, Tech, Baylor, and Texas. Those are five games they've left just in the regular season. That does not include the conference tournament where they're gonna have to replay a lot of these same teams. So um, very difficult, and I think without a top guy or just a bunch of really good team-oriented guys, uh, they're going to have a tough time in the tournament. I don't discredit Bill Self and company because he will have a good game plan. It's just if his players are able to fulfill that game plan and actually produce um, because I, I think teams like Texas and Baylor are just a little – not a little bit, but a lot of bit better than, than Kansas this year. Uh, I think Kansas is a good team. They're going to be competitive. I mean, they only lost to Baylor by eight, lost to Oklahoma State by five, uh, lost to Oklahoma by less than double digits. So they're, it's not like they're getting blown out in any games, um, but they aren't, you know, dominating games either. They're not blowing out other teams. So this is going to be a close game no matter what. So I wouldn't be worried, but, you know, may, we'll have to bring on Luke Heaton closer to the tournament and get his thoughts on this Kansas Jayhawks team because we already know who he's picking to win it. It's Kansas, but let's see if they actually do it. Um, but there is a kind of a surprise team in the SEC. Um, the Alabama Crimson Tide. And no, we're not talking about college football. This is college basketball. They are ranked number nine right now in the country. Um, are Is Bama like a basketball team now? Are they good at basketball now? They are, dude. Um, I know I've kept up with Bama because I have a friend that goes there. but uh, And I also followed up with uh, – their point guard right now, Javon Quinterly, mm -hmm. he was like a media, a social media sensation when he was in high school. He was like one of the founders of Jelly Fam. <laughs> so he has a lot of that swagger on the court and things like that. Uh, he was a Villanova commit and then things didn't work out there. So he came to Bama and it looks like he's getting a nice fresh start mm -hmm. and they're playing well. And I know John Petty's second or third year guy. He's also real, real solid. And I mean, the SEC, pretty unpredictable. Um, I think Bama, obviously, they might have that stigma of a football school, so mm -hmm. people don't worry about them much as basketball, and they could use that to their advantage. Yeah, yeah and, and, and like you said, the SEC is very unpredictable, and what he means by that is pretty much everyone sucks this year. Um, <laughs> so it's really anyone's race, but I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Kentucky comes out on top of the uh, SEC championship or the conference tournament, just mm -hmm. because that's how the SEC is this year. Um, but yeah, it Bama was good a couple years ago when they had Sexton, right? Yep. And they they really haven't been good since. Um, so it it is it is cool. I think I think they're are they I believe they're still undefeated in SEC play right now, which is I saw a stat, I think it was after they played like four games. They were like, you know, coaches who are undefeated in SEC play, um in in both football and basketball or school you know, whatever. And it was Bama because they had SEC basketball and SEC football undefeated this year so far. So, yeah, I mean, potentially they could be a scare just because they're, like you said, overlooked or maybe underlooked, I guess you could say, 
no one really knows about them and they're kind of making a scare right now, but they're also doing it probably in the worst conference in the, uh, in the, in the league. So, you know, we'll see. I, I don't expect Bama to do much this year, but there's another team in the sec and they do this in football too. They're overhyped. Tennessee is always overhyped and they always seem to underperform. Um, it's the same old Tennessee. It just is what it is. Tennessee is Tennessee. They're going to get upset. They got upset the other week against, I believe it was Mississippi State uh, the other night. I mean. They got smacked by Florida. They got Okay, they got smacked by Florida. They're playing Mississippi State tonight. Yep. Um, and the right as of right now, while we're recording, they're down two with seven minutes left. Uh, so maybe they're not as good as we thought. Um I mean, unfortunately, we don't have our Arkansas friends here because they would they absolutely hate Tennessee. They just rip Tennessee up in football. They call them they're I mean, they're they're all their coaches just got fired. Basketball, they seem to be a little bit more consistent. They're consistently good. They're just not great. Um, and if they somehow, you know, they play they actually fun fact, they do play Kansas on the 30th of um, January. So could be it could be a tell a good tell game of the two teams we just talked about because that's that's big for both and we'll see how they come out but don't expect much from Tennessee this year yeah is that, is that a good law to live by Robin I mean only people I know from Tennessee are Jaden Springer just because he was really good in high school and Victor Bailey Jr he was solid in high school as well but everybody else no idea no names to me ah, man we'll we'll see mate Names are be, names are meant to be made in the um, in the March Madness tournament. That that's where always people come out. Now you were telling me about Auburn. They just got someone back. They were in the they were in the Final Four the last time we played, right? Or they were in the they made a deep run a couple years ago. What are your what are your thoughts on this Auburn team? What they can be? Obviously, they're going to be an underdog, but uh, they just got somebody back. His name is Sharif Cooper. Very solid point guard. Uh, if you just go check his highlights for the past couple games, mm-hmm. the dude is going crazy. Um, I know that they had a tough game against Alabama. They lost by four. Uh, but after that, they beat Georgia, beat Kentucky. So that was a great bounce back. And I think that's just a school that, like, Nobody expects them to do good. So it's just like an underdog show type of thing. You just come and watch, see some nice plays. They got some athletes, high flyers. And it'll always be fun to watch them compete, but nobody's going to expect them to, you know, go on a crazy win streak and win the tournament or anything like that. I I mean, mean, who knows? It could happen, but not me. (laughs) You did it a couple of years ago, you know, and and when they made it to that, they definitely made it to the final four because I remember Chuck being all Chuck, uh, Oh, Charles Barkley, Chuck Barkley, I guess, but Chuck, Chuck being all uh-huh. crazy because because Auburn was in the Final Four, uh, but I don't I don't expect them to uh, actually make a deep run this year. But you never know. It literally, te- UConn with Kimba a couple years ago, or not a couple years ago, like ten years ago now. Um, I know that hurts your heart, Robin, because you're a Pitt fan. But... Oh man, I remember that vividly. <laughs> Cardiac. Gary McGee, ankles shattered. <laughs> So, but um, yeah, anything can happen in the tournament, but let's go ahead. And uh, last thing we're going to do here for some college basketball is go down each conference, 
just the major, just the power fives, because, you know, one kind of gets blurred once you kind of get to the subdivisions and, and group of five and everything. But we're just going to do the power five. So the ACC, Big 10, Big 12, uh, SEC, and the Pac-12. I want you to give me, we're both going to give our top teams or just a team if you, you know, Sometimes there's multiple, obviously the big 10, big 12 might have a little bit more because there's a little bit more, you know, I guess talent in those, in those uh, conferences and others, but let's start with the ACC. Who is your best team right now in the ACC? Um, I mean, I have to say Virginia because they're the only undefeated team in the conference, mm-hmm. but uh, Florida state's actually solid. And then, just because North Carolina and Duke are doing bad right now, I just I think that's a scary underdog. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to have to go up against Coach K yeah. or Coach Roy Williams in the tournament or when games are meaningful because they've been there before for decades. Yeah, so it's it's not their first rodeo. Yeah, I think I think the not the easy nod is Virginia because like you said they're undefeated so far in conference. But I really like the way Florida State plays. Uh, they. I don't know what it is the last couple of years. They've just been a scary team in the uh, March Madness. And they, they, they're they super long. They're super yeah. – like the way they play defense is is not like West Virginia, but is very similar to them where they just kind of – they're in your face the whole game because they're long and lengthy. Uh, but it, it kind of a slight nod just to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech? Yeah. What Since Buzz was there and then he left, they've kind of been on a resurgence – with, with their basketball program. And it's, it's fun to see a, a program that ha- that wasn't very good at basketball for a while come back and start to be good at basketball again and kind of maintain that consistency. So I really do enjoy them. But I do think Virginia gets the nod of the best team in the ACC. And, you know, unfortunately, there's not a ton of good teams in the ACC right now because Duke and uh, North Carolina aren't good. Uh, Clemson Clemson's on the rise in basketball, which is weird to say too, just like Bama. Um, that they're on the rise, but moving on to the next one, we're going to go to the, we're going to go to the SEC um, because I want to save the two best conferences for last, but let's move to the SEC best team right now in the SEC. Bama (laughs) talked about it earlier. (laughs) I mean, kind of like Virginia, you know, they're only undefeated team in the conference. And then I'm not too big on Missouri. Mm -hmm. I know they're ranked 12th. But I mean, Bama's on a nine-game win streak right now, so that's they can ride that momentum, and that's always good. Robin paused before he said Bama because he's like, I really don't want to say any SEC team, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I think I think Bama, Bama's probably the best team. I I agree with you. Missouri hasn't proved anything to me this year that they should warrant that number twelve ranking. I don't really think they've played a ton of like top teams besides the couple teams they've played in the sec so far this year but even then like just it's not the same as as years past whenever you have these tough non-conference schedules this year they had a lot of cakewalks um at the beginning of the year and you know i mean they they did they did split the season series with tennessee but as we just mentioned tennessee is not tennessee is not great so it's got to go to Bama because there's really just no one else to take it, unfortunately. 
Uh, now to the other conference that's kind of not great either. And I and if you want to, by all means, put them in there. You can put Gonzaga in the Pac-12 because they should be a Pac-12 team in basketball. But who's your who's your favorite right now in the Pac-12? I think if you say Gonzaga's Pac-12, got to go Gonzaga. They're probably the favorite for the whole thing, yeah. whole nation, not just the conference. Other than that, um, Arizona, Arizona, I know they're playing well. And then USC, they had uh, they have the Mobley brothers. Evan Mobley was like number one or number two prospect in high school. So he gets overlooked a lot. Not that many people know who he is, but yeah, he was number one or number two recruit coming out of high school. And only reason he went to USC is because his brother was there. Mm -hmm. So they could always have a Cinderella story. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what it is about Pac-12 sports in general, but they just seem to suck the last couple <laughs> of years. Uh, just, just bad. I mean, the only teams ranked right now are UCLA and that's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so that just shows you how bad this conference has gotten. Because they're, I mean, UCLA is a great basketball, you know, yeah. team. Oregon's been good the last couple of years. USC has some history. Uh, Cal, you know, has been good in the past. But, like, these teams are just nowhere. They're god-awful. Pac-12 is bad in football, basketball, and probably, well, maybe not. Maybe baseball, honestly, I don't know. But um, <laughs> they're, they're, they need to do something with the Pac-12. Honestly, move them down to the group of five. Put a group of five conference in the damn because the Pac-12 is pitiful to watch. They're just bad. It's bad. And that, that's one of why I put Gonzaga in there is because you're not going to have anyone. Gonzaga is going to be the representative of the Pac-12, honestly. They could go in that tournament and beat all those teams by 50 points. Um, but now let's get to the two good conferences. Let's start with the Big Ten. Who right now is your – who right now is the best team in the Big Ten? Record-wise, it's Michigan, but I like Iowa. Mm -hmm. Luca Garza, man, the dude, he's so efficient. He has like 30 points, double-double double, double with rebounds, but his efficiency shooting from the field is insane. So he's probably going to be a lottery pick. Uh, I mean, he might, he might not. Closer to draft time, I'll be able to tell you. It obviously depends on who's, who's where and whatnot, but um, – yeah, I think it's it's between Michigan and Iowa for me. And, I, I mean, I want to put Wisconsin in that conversation, but Wisconsin to me just doesn't have that kind of it guy. And the way Michigan plays, I, I, I like Michigan more with with uh, Jawan Howard than I did with the other guy. Cannot remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah, he went um, to the Cavs. Yeah, I, I just cannot remember his name. It's stuck with the B or something and fell on me or something like that. Yeah, something like that. But I like I like the way they play more with uh with Jawan. So they're they're definitely a fun team to watch. Their point guard, they're okay. So I heard this story the other day while I was watching one of their games. Their point guard has he graduated from an Ivy League school, and he played basketball. Um, at one of the Ivy League schools. I don't know which so one. A graduate transfer, something like that. Yeah, he so he's a graduate transfer. But all that says to me is that dude is smart as hell. So he is going to do the right thing. And that's that's scary if you have a point guard who can do that. I don't know how great of a scorer he is, but he's at least a good point guard for them. Um, and they're, they're a big team. They have a lot of bigs on that Michigan roster. So they're scary. But I think I think Iowa's X factor is Luca Garza. So and it, it, And in college basketball, you don't need, you know, 
if you have one guy, you're not going to be super dominant. But if you have one guy and a lot of good players around him, you're going to be a really good team. And Iowa's lost some close games this year, but I think Iowa has a real chance to make a deep run, hopefully for Luke Garza's sake, because I think if they make a deep deep run, he'll be like Buddy Heald, and he'll be able to, to shoot up the draft boards a little bit, uh, maybe make himself a top 10 pick. We'll see. And now probably the most – I wouldn't say the most competitive division because I think we have one team that's that's the best, and, you know, we'll both agree on that. But from second on, they've got some good conversation. Yeah. Big, the Big 12. Uh-huh. Who, who's your top team right now in that conference? Uh, Baylor undoubtedly is the best. Mm-hmm. But oh, UT is solid. West Virginia just got a big W over Texas Tech. You have Oklahoma State and Kansas. Uh, I have to rep TCU. Just going to have a former teammate playing there, RJ Nembard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're struggling, but they also haven't played that many games because of COVID things, so it's been postponed. And then Kansas State and Iowa State, don't even, don't even watch any of the games. No need. Don't, <laughs> don't waste your time. Yeah, it's, it's tough to – I mean, obviously, like you said – or like I said, Baylor's number one for both of us, and Robin brings up a good point. We kind of talked about it a little bit last week. Baylor and Gonzaga really are 1A, 1B right now. Um, and, and we haven't talked much about Gonzaga, and that's because they're in conference play, and they play absolutely no one in conference. So there's no point in talking about them until the start of the match, March Madness, and really probably week, you know, the second game, the, uh, the round of 32, because they'll probably beat whoever they play at, at the one seed. But Baylor is 1B, in my opinion. So they easily win the Big 12 with the best team in the conference. But Texas has been a super surprise for me this year. Excuse me, did not think they were going to be this good. I think Tech is overrated. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're that good. I know Mac McClung is there and everything. And I think that – I don't know why, but that dude's an inter- internet sensation. And that, for some reason, that still brings on – you know, whatever with him because he's he's just an internet nation. But I like West Virginia more than I like Tech. Honestly, I like I do like Kansas more than I like Tech as well. But I think Kansas just struggles a little bit more because playing at Kansas it just brings so much. You gotta it brings so much baggage with with you and everything like that. So a lot of great teams though in the Big Twelve. I think they'll probably have the most teams in the tournament and probably the teams that they'll they'll have the most teams last the longest. You know, they'll, they'll probably be a couple big Big 12 teams, I would say, almost to the round of the Elite Eight, I would say. So, yeah. and honestly, I could see them having two, at least two in the Final Four. Oh, could be, could be. Yeah, I think, I mean, unless Baylor chokes, they'll make it. And I, I didn't think UT would be this good, but I knew they'd be solid just because, uh, I remember their point guard, Matt Coleman, he's been there for like a century. And I remember him because he went to high school at Oak Hill. Obviously, that's a prestigious high school for basketball. So I knew he'd be good, but he was never a one and done. So I kind of just shrugged him off. Maybe he's not all that. But I guess as a senior or whatever he is, he brings that leadership. Mm-hmm. And I know they got that recruit, Greg Brown. He's insane. Mm-hmm. He's a Skywalker, Drew. He yeah. can fly. And he's from Austin. And he played on the Texas Titans with Cade. So that was a dynamic duo in the summer. And I just think Texas, they always get recruits, man. It doesn't matter if they're bad. <laughs> I don't know what it is. They got nice facilities. They have Kevin Durant, <laughs> something like that. 
I don't know, but they always get the recruits, so they'll be solid. Even if they don't, like, have a good record, they're still, like, one of the top-watched teams, I guess, most mm-hmm. viewed, just because it's UT. Yeah, and I think that the draw of uh, Kevin Durant having in there is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't mention them, but Illinois, you think they can make any noise this year, like in the tournament? I don't think they'll be a favorite, but they could be a dangerous underdog. Hey, it's all about the underdog story in the March Madness. That's all you need is one, is one underdog. Um, I don't remember the last time that the Final Four was like, not saying it's going to be all chalk, but the last time the Final Four was like just top four seeds or whatever. You know, there's always one There's always one lower seed that sneaks its way into the Final Four, maybe to the Elite Eight uh, would be the latest. So, you know, Illinois might be a team you might want to want to latch yourself to and go ahead and say it's all Robin's fault if you lose all your money. Um, <laughs> he's been high on them all year long. Hey, but if if OK State makes somehow gets into this final or March Madness um, sleeper, like big sure. sleeper, because you have the best player in the country playing for you. So uh-huh. it, it's tough to go against that. But that does it for us here at the Five Out Podcast. If you want to listen to more of our podcast, you guys can go to Apple Spotify, anywhere else you guys find your podcast, look us up at five out. That's five, the number five, I-V-E space out. Uh, We post content every Thursday uh, is when our episodes drop. So go ahead and look out for those. While you're there, go ahead and whatever platform you're on, either subscribe, follow, whatever the little button tells you to do, go ahead and hit that for us. It's absolutely 100% free. The only thing it does is it helps us out. So if you guys don't mind, go ahead and hitting that button for us. Thank you so much if you guys would do that for us. But if you guys want to see more of our daily content as well that we post on Twitter, you can look us up at Twitter at 5. That's the same way you spell it. So 5 like the number, I-V-E underscore out. Look us up there. We post daily content um, there. But we also have an overarching brand called Sideline Sports. You guys can look us up on Instagram there as well. Uh, That at is sideline.sports underscore on Instagram. We also have a TikTok that's sideline sports, and then our YouTube is sideline sports. We'll be posting stuff on our YouTube here shortly. Uh, TikTok and Instagram already has some of our stuff up there. So go ahead and check those out for us. We'd love to see your support anywhere on any platform. Um, But we hope to see you guys soon. This episode was dedicated to Kobe Bryant and Gianna. Um, Me personally, love the both of them, Uh, especially Kobe was my favorite basketball player growing up. But this this episode was dedicated to them. uh, So we hope to honor them and everything that they stood for and still stand for to this day. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Come up to meet you. Tell you I'm sorry You don't know how lovely you are I had to find you Tell you I need you Tell you I set you apart Tell me your secrets And ask me your questions Let's go back to the start Running in circles Coming in tails Heads on a side
silence apart Nobody said it was easy It's such a shame for us to part Nobody said it was easy Take me back to the start